0: This is Lydia Duprat, the Ho mentor, and these are your online mentoring sessions on Ho radio. Hello, my beautiful hoe. Today's mentoring session, I'm going to talk to you about what made me such a good hoe. And I am going to start off by saying I loved fucking for money. I loved it not just money not just sex the act of receiving money for a sexual favor was genuinely aroused me so no matter what type of situation I was in whether if it was porn or you know I was doing a meet and greets in real life it just the exchange was a power exchange and I fucking loved it so much That's something you should be aware of is sex is power and money is power and and that is a power exchange. So even though you're supposed to act submissive in, in a certain way because you're being hired essentially, but just know that you have an equal power regardless of your wealth or socioeconomic status. Another thing that made me a really good hoe was the male attention i had some weird stuff going on with my childhood and the male attention i got was sexual or well my father the attention i got was sexual and then the attention i got from my stepfather was verbal abuse it was not nice we really hurt my feelings and then in school i got made of made fun of by other guys because because my skin was so white and i went to prime predominantly white school. I was just super, super fair. And then people would be like, well, if you're Sicilian, why are you so white? And it just, it was a whole thing. I wasn't considered like one of the the hottest girls at school. So I wanted male attention so badly that I would fuck them for free. To this day, I'm still insecure about the color of my skin. But really, I, I shouldn't be I have white privilege attached to that. And I have the luxury of just going to get a spray tan. Like, so I'm just going to stop feeling bad for myself. That was pathetic. All right. But, you know, still an insecurity. So, if you're, like, listening to this, looking for, like, keys to to, to ruin me, go ahead. Talk about my paleness. All right. So the male attention, loved it, I still love male attention, uh, just in different ways now, I like male respect, uh, and but when I was in the sex industry, the adult industry, I loved sexual male attention, it just was so validating, like, you are enough, and I want you so bad, uh, yeah, it was great, I'm sure you can relate to that, I think a lot of women can, men too, we all want to be wanted, right? Uh, Next thing, I'm a submissive, like full-on lifestyle sub. So it was very easy for me to take my ass into appointment and be like, yes, sir. Okay, very sorry. That won't happen again. Thank you for the bruises. Uh, So I was fine with that. I've been conditioned to be submissive. So it wasn't like I was fighting a natural dominance. Um, that would be hard because I do know some dominatrixes who are full service or just women in general that consider themselves to be a, a a dominant. Um, that must be really hard to fight your natural urges to, to do this job. I also have mad love for, for my lesbian girls who are, who are straight for pay. Cause I don't know how the fuck y'all do that. I really don't. How do you do that? Can someone make a podcast about that? I, I cannot speak from experience. I do... The only experience I have with that is I mentored a lesbian who, who was straight for pay. And she was miserable. She hated it. So... But she's still doing it. And she's doing well. So, I don't know. The next thing that made me such a good hoe was all of my sexual kinks. Like, I'm speaking candidly about my sexuality right now. Um, my... Most of my kinks come from abuse and it's just from the traumas that I've had, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, you name it. I'm very well conditioned uh, for abuse. So that was my mind, my psyche turned those traumatic memories into a way that I can cope, process and thrive Uh, with these abuses. So it became a part of my sexuality. So when a client was like, yeah, um, I'm going to beat you with my belt and I'm going to jizz in your eye. I'd be like, okay, that's kind of hot, but it'll also cost you an extra (laughs) $2,000. I turned my pain into profit and I felt so empowered by that. Like, fuck you, every guy that has jumped me You know, fuck people who have sexually assaulted me. Fuck the people who have verbally assaulted me. Like, fuck all of those people. Y'all are still working your nine to five jobs. And I'm out here making millions because of your dumbass trying to hurt me. So I worked on myself. And I know at the end of some time in their lives, karma will, will serve them up. One of the things that really played into verbal abuse uh, when I was escorting is clients just assuming I have a very low IQ. For me, that just made my job easier so I played into it because they're not going to realize when I'm manipulating them into giving me more money. So by me acting like a bimbo, I'm giving them what they want and also I'm proving them right and that just was the way for me to to become empowered because I, I was actually taking more control of the situation than they even realized. That's a little abstract finesse. I will create some content for you on the art of finessing. I know that's super important. Spite made me a good hoe. And it was when I became exposed to such a luxurious style of living, I realized that most people there, well, maybe not most people, but most of the men that had hired me and I got to experience their lifestyle, I determined by the way they treated me, they didn't deserve it. I thought, well, I deserve this lifestyle more than you. You're, you're a real asshole. So I became fueled by providing myself With an equal lifestyle to my clients. Hey, I'm a human being too. I'm worthy too. I'm not going to need you one day. And I'm going to learn exactly how you live. So I don't need you. And the way someone can do that is with money. So every client I saw, especially towards the end when I just didn't want to do it anymore. I would always think I'm going to be as rich as you. Maybe even richer. So I'm going to bust my ass in this appointment. I'm going to get you to extend it. I'm going to upsell you everything I got and then turn it into an overnight because I deserve your lifestyle. And I'm still working towards that. I mean, I have enough money to be as as rich as people who could afford my hourly for sure, but I'm talking mega wealth. I'm still working towards that and <laughs> it's out of spite. Um, But it's also out of self-love. Because why do some people get to live a lifestyle better than other people's when we're all human? I am worthy. And I will keep working till I'm worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And I will do the right thing with it. That's really important to me. I've created a ton of resources for the adult industry with all of my platforms and education. I mean, it's, it just, I, I create content every single day. Um, and that's what I've been able to do at, at the net worth that I have now, with the resources that I have now. So part of my passion of, of being as rich as my clients is being able to help the community that I want to serve. Rich people serve other rich people for the most part. There are, you know, wealthy people who do a lot of charity and they do give a lot back. But I, I would like to be, you know, the, the philanthropist for the adult industry. And I know I'm going to get there. And it's still from hoeing because I'm still here. That's something I say to myself when uh, I'm experiencing anxiety, especially social anxiety. Uh, I like I said on yesterday's podcast, I enjoy being social, but in controlled environments, like my home. When I start feeling anxious in public, I just tell myself, "I'm allowed to be here," and then I am. Um, when I start to feel that feeling, like this is more like a panic attack. You, if you've experienced panic attacks, you'll know that feeling of of impending doom. It's really hard to get past that. You feel like you're going to die for some reason and yet your environment hasn't really changed. Um, For that, I say, I'm still here. I'm still here. And then it's it's able to snap me out of it, and then I just look around, and oh yeah, I am still here. I don't care how many times you have to say it until you realize it, that's a great coping strategy for, for reducing panic attacks. I'm still here. Anxiety attacks? I'm allowed to be here. I've thought every day, multiple times a day, what do sex workers need? and yeah we need jobs and yeah we need to be safe um but what we really need is decriminalization legalizing sex work just means you're legalizing pimping brothels will take over the prices will get driven down it's not what we want we don't want a brothel we don't we don't want those types of working conditions it's just permission for someone else to regulate us we need to decriminalize it so it's just there's no consequences so I'm just trying to think what politicians do I need to bribe to do that that's just a number like you can buy anything you can buy anyone you can buy literally you can as long as you have enough money you could walk out of there with the Mona Lisa um everything has a price. So I feel like if I became mega, mega, mega wealthy, I could just buy decriminalization. Yes, I can. Don't sit there and be like, Lydia, she's lost it. Yes, I can. I'm convinced that that's going to work. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to take the second half of this episode to update you on the Dollhouse series, my, my web show. It's probably been... It's, I know it's been more than a month. It's probably closer to, to two months than I've been able to produce an episode for you guys. And it it really... It slowed down when Susie Q went to Burning Man. Um, and I was filming, and then we had Gemma Parker move into the house. And, um, you know, I get really involved when someone moves in, and I help them cope with whatever reason they want to... Like, people move in here because they're seeking a better opportunity. So whatever it is that they had going on in their previous opportunity was less than ideal. And usually there's some trauma that comes with it. So I spent, you know, the first couple of weeks with Gemma and taking her around L.A., took her in a helicopter and just had her experience L.A. in just a really elevated way. No pun intended. We got her a makeover. Um, we did a, a full rebrand. She did five porn scenes. Kinsley had two photo shoots, we did a two-day photo shoot, and then we did another photo shoot for eight hours, and we raised her rate, finally, her hourly, to $1,000 an hour, so that's fantastic. She got on a box cover for a really great porn company called Evil Angel, and then what I've been doing is I've been making video programs. I got really burnt out with mentoring I was doing daily mentoring and I was mentoring eight, nine, ten people a day for weeks on end. Uh, That's not sustainable. And I I did it until I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, So in replacement, because I didn't want to leave people hanging, I started feverishly producing content for these five programs that I've made. And uh, one is the 12 secrets to become a high class escort. Another is plan the perfect photo shoot which is one of the things I get hired for the most often. So I had to make that. Another program I have is my Instagram client magnet masterclass. And that is to teach people how to design their Instagram pages to attract the type of clientele that they're looking for. Uh, Then I have my billionaire behavior program. And that teaches you how to identify and how to entertain a VIP client. And I'm talking about celebrities, I'm talking about politicians, and I'm talking about billionaires of the world. The rules change for the mega wealthy and the mega important people. And it's almost against your nature of what it would be for someone that's in your same social class. My best clients were not the richest ones, not by far. It's it's very critical that if you are going to have a VIP experience, then, and it's the first time, you need the Billionaire Behavior Program. That's why I made it. It's funny, I made it, and then three days after it launched, and one of my Lydia dolls had her first b- billionaire. And I'm like, oh my god, you manifested that from reading the program. Anyway, uh, and then my Mastermind Hustle Program. I have a lot of people who are not in the adult industry at all. They just like my hustle, you saw me on Vice, you read about me in Inked or BBC, wherever you found me. I do the work, I put in work. I'm a, I'm a real entrepreneur. So I created a productivity uh, mini business class for, for people trying to start their own business or really it's intended for people who already have a business and they're just trying to get it together. just if you're distracted or you don't know what to focus on this is going to show you my mastermind hustle so i created those five programs then i redid my movie theater i don't watch movies anymore as much as i'd like to it's not worth having an entire room in my house dedicated to it so i took my movie theater and i turned it into ho headquarters we have workstations with computers we have a pole dancing area we have a meditation area. We have a luxurious couch for, for doing our beauty treatments like red light therapy. And then we have a table and chairs where we eat or we learn card games. I think it's really important for the girls to learn um, poker and blackjack. Just You're going to be in situations like that with clients. We've got some whiteboards in here. We have a self-care station where each girl gets her own cabinet and you can put like blankets in there. Or whatever it is that makes you feel relaxed um, and then of course some beds for the doggies so yeah so I built that oh and one last thing I got contracted by a porn company to to bring fresh faces into their company uh, and we're flying out girls I'm vetting them they're shooting multiple scenes at a thousand dollars an hour it's truly it's the best, greatest opportunity ever. And it turns out the director remembered me. He shot me before. He shot me for Bang Bros. And he was like, you're Melina Mason. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I know you. Uh, so we caught up. And he also knew that I was the hoe mentor. Apparently, word is spreading in the porn industry. And he's like, you're also the hoe mentor. I'm like, yes, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, because I brought him a girl um, to set. Uh, Gemma, I brought Gemma to set one day. And he's like, do you have more girls like this? And I'm like, oh, honey. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I know so many women who want to shoot up right to the top of the hierarchy, (laughs) boost their rate, then want to do porn. Yes. So they're like, okay, if you do this only for us, we'll help you out. So I've been doing that every day, just going through. I've probably gone through a hundred applications already, gotten more than a dozen girls in, and that's just just a full-time thing now. Uh, So I've also been doing that. So there's your episode. That's why I don't have it. I do have some of the footage, though. So I think what I'm going to do is narrate. This episode for you and make it more of a storytelling episode rather than reality style. Reality style is what I prefer and it's definitely more in line with the dollhouse series, but so much has happened and I don't want to hold it from you any longer. So I'm just giving you a heads up that it's going to be that style, the show, but I still managed to get a bunch of great content in the process of all of this. And I can't thank you enough for staying patient with me and and still wanting to see the show. I started that series because I was just so passionate about it. I just thought the world needs to see how how crazy it is in the dollhouse. And I don't want to take you away. I, I want you to experience it. That's today's mentoring session. And now you have something to look forward to. And I'll see you for the next one. I've got some great mentoring sessions lined up for us. Today's mentoring session is brought to you by The Ho Network. It's shows for hoes. Check out the free and premium content on www.theho,